So here are some of the uh, methods and doorways of occult spiritual warfare, things that uh, individuals can begin to do. Now, I believe this. Here's a few things that I believe. One, I believe rituals and things have been done all over the earth for a long time. I believe back in the days of the Nephilim, uh, the Watchers trained, the Nephilim learned and trained and uh, unleashed uh, incredible levels of sorcery, uh, witchcraft. Talk about Wiccans being the oldest religion. Well, it... Wicca began during the days of the Nephilim. And yes, it's an old, ancient religion. The worship of goddesses and gods, the ziggurats, all the uh, ancient stuff that's being unearthed in uh, Sumer and uh, all that we're hearing about on coast to coast and other places, uh, we're hearing about them unearthing what was probably uh, some of the most horrific levels in in areas anyway of uh, blood sacrifice of ritual uh, workings of uh, demonic um, manifestation of uh, literally the gods um, in the sense of small g uh, manifesting and showing themselves uh, among the Aztecs the Mayans uh, tremendous levels of blood ritual and blood during those days too well let me touch on um, What's occurring around us now? I believe that during the days of the the rise of the Nazis, a matter of fact, one occult historian in a book called The Occult Establishment says that there's been two great proliferations of occult literature, books, that would open the doors to people practicing things. He said the first greatest proliferation of occultic literature was uh, pre-Nazi Germany. And it helped give rise to the secret societies and all the groups and eventually the Nazis that brought about a uh, demonic influence and uh, uh, direct development of political and military ideology and enforcement. The uh, Nazi doctrine was demonic, and they listed to the Ascended Masters then. I believe that there were a lot of rituals and ritualistic things going on in those days as you study the Thule Society, Vol, and all the other, Willy uh, Gott and Steiner and many of the others, you'll, you'll see there was uh, enormous. Now, at the end of the war, what occurred? Well, they all went all over the place. Uh, the SS troops that were at the Hall of the Dead in Vertelsberg Castle, uh, Himmler's Castle, they were learning uh, all kinds of spiritual practices, pagan pa- practices, and they were putting them into practice. And uh, uh, that continued after the war as they were spread all over the earth to continue the agenda for a counterfeit uh, Fourth Reich, a 1,000-year reign of uh, of the master race, which would have been, again, in Satan's view, uh, his master race. That's what he's wanting uh, not only to come to power and rule, but he also would love to have a thousand-year counterfeit reign to the millennium uh, that the Lord Jesus will bring. Well, occult spiritual warfare, occult level spiritual warfare against you and against churches, here's the basics. I'm breaking them down. I'm not giving details every time. I'm going to give you some examples that occurred, but I'm just telling you that these are some of the um, some of the ways in which they do it. By rituals, all kinds of them, small or large, little rituals they can do, uh, you know, cutting up a bird, you know, doing a small little animal. They could uh, do small rituals and, and or, or large ones where they're drawing circles and drawing signals and symbols and language and they can be highly involved and they can involve old languages and the conjuring and they can involve 10, 12, 13, or 500 people. They can involve two people or an individual that has learned can do rituals by themselves. The, the premise of rituals is, is to conjure a power. 
whether that's done by pagan, druid, uh, Satanist, Wiccan, whatever, across the board, Santeria, whatever it is. So the idea of a ritual is uh, primarily the idea of drawing powers and bringing powers uh, for personal benefit, bringing powers uh, to, to, uh, to unleash uh, in the Luciferian sense, rituals are done to draw powers for the development of their side, for the uh, for the growth of their side, for more powers in priests, uh, for more powers for a local coven, uh, for greater powers to be unleashed in an area, and also their use of it in ritual warfare when they're targeting pastors, uh, covens, are targeting churches. Uh, if anybody's read the book by Larry Lee years ago about uh, have you not pray, can you not pray with me for one hour, um, it might have been in that book or one of his other books on prayer. But it, he tells the story of being on an airplane flying to to some area that he was going to do a uh, preaching at, and uh, he saw a guy next to him and it looked like he was praying a number of times. So finally he said, "I, I noticed you bowed your head and was you praying?" And the the guy says, "Well, yeah, but not what you think." And he asked the guy again, he says, well, he says, I'm a Satanist, and uh, yes, I was praying, and I, I, I am uh, committed to praying against certain pastors in certain areas, and, and we're unleashing us. Well, literally, what he was doing was targeting pastors in a region and unleashing, in his view, satanic powers against those pastors. And that's pretty amazing that you have a nationally known pastor sitting next to a guy doing that. Those who have been sent to infiltrate churches, to specifically be assigned to pastors and leaders and others, um, they're going to come with the coven doing rituals behind them and with them doing rituals uh, to gain powers. And they probably already have demons and powers within them. So the base of the ritual issue is to conjure more and more powers and for self or to send um, and, uh, and, and to, do warfare, to do things against uh, uh, the body of Christ. Uh, we know of a coven that was doing rituals targeting a local church. And uh, along with those rituals, they were putting symbols on the church building. And uh, almost like they were smart targeting that local building, that they were taking their their sigil and symbols and laying them, putting them on the building and then doing the rituals, sending the demons. To them, it's almost like sending the demons like hound dogs or sending the demons like attack dogs against those who they're praying against, against uh, or those who they're doing, doing the rituals against. So rituals will be used. That's a basic thing. Um, by symbols and even oils, demons can be drawn. Uh, some believe that by the drawing of sigils, which is kind of maybe a, um, you know, kind of a symbol of a particular demon, that uh, if you draw it and call it, it will come through that. It opens a door. It opens a gateway. Uh, in the old days, that the marking of the body involved a demonic marking for the demon to come in and on that uh, marking on your body and uh, to be attached in that way. Um, oils can be used in that way also, in the sense that uh, particular oils can be used in their view of conjuring. Uh, and you can, again, study this and read this in detail. I'm just giving you an overview. Oils can be used to anoint things, to touch a Christian, to t put in a church. Uh, they put it around their houses and so forth to, draw, to attract demonic presence. Um, they may do that kind of like an, a counterfeit anointing to anoint something with oil that a demon spirit will come against it for sickness, whatever the assignment may be. Um, by prayers, they can speak it out. 
uh, chaos magic and many other forms of magic can be involved involved can be that they're conjuring and calling and speaking and uh, literally praying and and uh, rev- you know I one time was in a large church pastoring and I noticed a guy come in through the side and sat with a hood on he had a hood on and he was moving his hands in a certain way and and then he would be speaking and mumbling uh, he was over there praying and doing chaos magic release in his view releasing demonic presence. We were doing a Heaven's Gate, Hell's uh, dr- uh, Hell's uh, Gates, um, Heaven's Flames. I'm sorry, Hell's Flames, Heaven's Gates uh, drama, in which uh, there was a tremendous uh, production put on, where hundreds of people were getting saved. Um, well, I noticed that one night a few of the Satanists that I knew showed up and they observed. And the next night they came back with six or seven. And during the invitation, they all stood up and they were doing this kind of thing with their hands and speaking out. They were literally praying against and doing chaos magic against the invitation during that service. Some of our great prayer warriors and people who understood spiritual warfare saw what they were doing and went uh, behind them, walked up behind in the large sanctuary at 3,000 seats. They began to pray against that and pray all that down. Well, we had already done so much prayer, and the invitation was very powerful that another 70-some people got saved. And, of course, these people left uh, defeated. Uh, Because, again, we were not unaware, nor were we unwilling to do something. And uh, we engaged. If the body of Christ will engage, God will demonstrate his power every single time. Sometimes just to flatten the demonic presence and power and so those involved, uh, it could even be used to cause um, those who are into the dark powers to repent and turn to the living Christ, seeing that he has enormous and superior power. Please understand, most people in the covens, the secret covens and secret societies, all they've ever experienced is the powers of the dark side. They've never been they've never been touched by the power of God and hit by the authority of Jesus. They don't they've never seen that. Um, so it's kind of like the days of Moses. They're casting down their snakes, and if there's nobody to counter that, their snakes just continue. Their magic continues. Their powers continues. We have to be there to be uh, you know throwing down the authority, the rod of God, and using the prayers that we know to deal with the demonic for the sake of the salvation of souls. They can also do it by objects. They can demonize any kind of object in a ritual. Uh, it's literally this concept that they do a ritual in which they appease the demons, whether blood, whatever else. They conjure the spirits up. Uh, they, through their ritual format, um, are literally, in a sense, commanding the demons to get on the specific object with a specific function. And then they take those objects, those demonized objects, uh, they might use them. You know, sometimes they wear them around their neck for protection. Uh, they may use them for th- certain things. But uh, when they're using them in warfare against Christians in the church, they give them as gifts. They come in to give a pastor a particular gift, a little you know knickknack to put on his desk or whatever else. But it's been demonized, and so there's uh, whether you believe this or not, you need to get more biblical then, because the Old Testament when Achan you know took that gold object, it wasn't just that it was uh, you know worth a lot of money. It was demonized. It was a devoted thing. It was a demonized object that was brought into the camp of Israel. That's why there was a severity, because that demonized object, because of the gateway or right or doorway that was opened, had the ability then to begin to bring effect to individuals around it. So if you think in terms of an object having... um, just to think in terms of uh, you put a potato in the oven or in the microwave for five minutes. I've done this many times to make a baked potato. So I put a potato in, put it on for five minutes, and 
you know, I can't just reach it and grab it. It's going to be hot to the touch. The idea that demonized objects are spiritually hot to the touch. Uh, I was in my office years ago, and a satanic chosen one came in, and uh, they, out of nowhere, they just showed up. They wanted to talk to me. They sat down, talked for a while, and they left. I really felt something was weird about this, and it was a wrong, you know, something was wrong. So I got down and knelt down by the couch and began to pray, and I looked over to my right, and I saw that this individual, because they always wore their two little black power rings around their you know, two, two fingers that they believed were charged objects. They stuffed them into the edge of my couch. Now, they had had those demonized, and they had assignment to bring uh, warfare, sickness, and so forth against me. Well, I found them, I anointed them, I prayed against them, I renounced all the things on them, again, taking the authority of Jesus, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. And uh, I put them in a plastic bag, they were all anointed, you know, and, and um, I called them a few days later to let them know nothing happened to me, and that I prayed against them and broke all the assignments, and the demons, you know, commanded them out, and off, and uh, out of the room, and the assignments to be broken, and uh, that nothing occurred, that I had the rings, and uh, that, th- that she was found out for what she tried to do. So please understand that you're going to find, and for many of you who do counseling with cult multiples, um, even though they come in you know, broken heart or whatever, inside cult loyal, coven loyal, Luciferian loyal personalities, um, they can bring you things. Even things to eat that they might do something to. And so the objects may be demonized. So you know what you got to do in your own house right now? Do a house cleansing. Just walk through. Lord, is there any objects here that in any way from the past, family lines, whatever else, have any kind of demonic, um, you know, legal, you know, right for a demon to be on it uh, to operate in any way uh, that you got out of a temple or somebody, so maybe a Satanist or somebody gave to you and you need to get rid of it, burn it, uh, pray over it, renounce all of its effects and so forth. Uh, but objects will be that way too. And by the way, Satanists now are loving to go into churches and 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 steal certain things and then return them and and uh, do or put a symbol in a building or hide a sigil somewhere in a building to kind of uh, bring a demonic influence within that building or do a ritual in you know late night in a church building to unleash demonic presence of power in a local church building on a Saturday night in which Christians will show up in the morning. So they'll do that, again, to bring warfare and destruction and division to a local church. It also occurs, this occult-level warfare occurs by those who are literal Satanists, Luciferians, mainly those who are the cult multiple, those who have personalities that are loyal to the coven, that are trained in spiritual warfare, where they have demons on the inside of them, they have abilities like clairvoyance and sending things, telekinesis, things like that. They have abilities inside. They love to infiltrate churches now. And I, I can tell you all around where I live, there's numerous churches that have had, we've uh, dealt with uh, those who've infiltrated. Even past infiltrators who began to turn to Christ told us how they operated, how they'll first target a church, begin to do warfare rituals against the church, uh, one person called it Blitzkrieg, lightning warfare, to do so many things to really annihilate a pastor or to annihilate a local church before it knows what is happening. And uh, where they're losing their funds, there's people getting sick, divisions are occurring, no prayers are going on, it seems oppressive, and it's breaking apart. Um, satanic super soldiers, or chosen ones, are sent into local churches 
And uh, when they might lay it, you know, not only will, you know, when they're in a prayer meeting and they're mumbling out prayers, they're praying and unleashing powers in the Michigan prayer meeting. If you're allowing speaking in tongues to be done in your local church without interpretation, which is wrong, by the way, um, without interpretation, uh, they, every satanic chosen one that I've met, can speak in tongues, demonically empowered. And through that, they like to transfer or unleash confusion and, and uh, other, you know, other things through that false counterfeit working. Uh, that's why there should be a sense of discernment, and there there should be a checking when it comes to anything that we're doing as the body of Christ, whether it's prophecies. Uh, when there's tongues spoken out loud in a church, the Word of God demands that there be an interpretation. And uh, we need to discern. We need to, we, you know, the Bible says even when prophets or people that are claiming certain things speak, the rest there should be others who uh, spiritually discern and judge and weigh what is said to test the spirits to see whether it's from, you know, coming from God. So please understand that there, there are many. If there are four million or more diagnosed cases of satanic ritual abuse and or multiplicity, I'm telling you that uh, these are the these are some of the breakdowns of the chosen ones. There's got to be at least another four or five million that are intact. And they're, they've been coming to churches for the last 20 years. Uh, they've been raising them through the 60s, sending them in the late 70s and 80s. And notice what occurred. Late 70s, especially in the 80s, and especially in the beginning of the 90s, a lot of satanic ritual abuse victims, uh, multiple personality disorder began to show up everywhere everywhere and um, many of them have been sent in to act like victims and to tell you victim stories while the inner personalities demonized luciferian loyal coven loyal personalities are doing warfare they're bringing objects in your church they're they're getting sometimes they're getting uh, influence in the church where they're given a key and then they let uh, the demonized personalities when the switch occurs they allow the other coven members to come in and they're they're literally doing warfare in a in a um in a uh, multi-dimensional way against a local church, and uh, they're they're really trying to you know unleash their powers. Sometimes they can speak them out. I can tell you one time I was with an individual, and we were driving, and uh, we were going to a particular place to talk with them, and they're sitting next to me in the car, and I begin to feel this agitation. Remember Paul in the Book of Acts when he was agitated with the girl that had the demon Python spirit, and I was agitated. And so inwardly, I begin to pray against the demon in and on this person. And all of a sudden, they out of their mouth, this demon spoke and cussed me out and told me to quit praying. And I didn't pray out loud. So inwardly, I started praying all the more. They said it again. So I pulled over, and I began to pray out loud. And guess what happened? They began to pray out loud. They began to pray out loud. And it sounded almost like it was... Uh, Aramaic or some kind of ancient language, uh, chanting languages that was coming out of their mouth, calling on Aramaic, calling for powers to be unleashed, and so forth. I began to pray louder and stronger till finally they grabbed their head, opened the car door, ran out, and threw up. They came to do warfare. And it was detected, and we engaged. But why? Because we're not going to be outwitted. Christian, we're not going to be outwitted. Will you commit to that? Will you commit to being, uh, you know, um, someone who's aware of the methods of the enemy and refuses to uh, allow yourself or the church to be outwitted by satanic schemes? 
We have enough fluff Christianity to go around. Powerless and weak it is. So infiltration will occur more and more. We have infiltration in churches all over the place. Churches have no idea what is going on. They have no idea. They think they got somebody in their church. Uh, maybe they might get to see a person as trouble, uh, divisive, uh, Jezebelian, or whatever else. But they may have a full-on uh, satanic chosen one that has been sent by a local coven. And if you've got an infiltrator in your local church or in your uh, counseling services or wherever else, most likely, if they're a sent infiltrate, you know, infiltrator to bring harm, carry demonic presence in, bring objects, unleash prayers, and so forth, then you can assume already that there's a group behind the person that was sent. And you need to begin to pray about the group. You need to begin to pray about the person and against all the demonic presence and power and pray for their salvation. But you need to then begin to pray and get discernment on the group that is involved. Uh, they might even visit the church from time to time to see how things are um, because they have an assignment and they're doing it in secrecy. And so allow the Lord Jesus Christ, even if it's an Ananias and Sapphira issue, whatever God needs to do to protect his church, to, to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, to crush satanic infiltration, uh, we need to pray that God do what he needs to do. They also can do things by pronouncements, where they just literally speak things against you in which the demons you know, piggyback the words, where they curse you, and um, you know, out of their mouth a demonic presence may come with those cursings, with those things they speak against you. They speak you know, death against you, or sickness against you, or a downfall against you, or whatever else. Well, just rebuke it back. Command it to be broken. Uh, you know, refuse to receive it. An undeserved curse doesn't land anyway, but uh, when they're unleashing things uh, ver verbally also, uh, we just need to verbally you know, pray against it. If you know of things or if, you've hear, or if the Holy Spirit shows you things, then you need to unleash uh, warfare against it, renounce it, command things to be broken, command curses and spells and assignments and hexes and so forth to be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They could do it by territory, you know, um, where they might have a particular area in your city where they meet and do many rituals, where the territory itself or a house or a building, a particular ritual spot, uh, may they may have invoked demons and the demonic is there. Uh, I've had many people ask me to come to their house, you know, because they've they believe that demonic presence is in their house, and they and uh, they find out that rituals were done, or there was a ritual circle in the basement, or that somebody was doing something in that house, and it doesn't matter again whether it's a light level or deep blood ritual, if they do it in a house or in a barn or a territory, a wooded area, well that area can remain demonized, a demonic presence. You can go to that area. I've been taken to many ritual sites and spots and places and houses and barns and wooded areas and so forth. When then approaching that area, you can feel the swirl of demonic presence. I remember being taken one time to um, to Pennsylvania, uh, and this one individual coming out of Satanism at the time took me to a ritual spot where there was a black mass indicator. Um, I I. I think that might have been the place where there's a satanic justice symbol sign or something. Other symbols and stuff were carved into trees. We were there to dig up bones and take back to the University of Akron and or Kent State through law enforcement to see if it was human or animal. But while I was there and some of the other guys were looking, you know, in the woods and digging things up, and I, I had my car parked in the middle of this 
very dense wooded area. Very, I mean, it would have been a, a clear. Uh, they they picked a very neat place for themselves for the ritual, and many rituals, and no doubt blood uh, sacrificial rituals were done there. So I got right to the very center of it, parked there, opened my car, turned on praise and worship music. That's right. I turned on praise and worship music, and I began to pray and worship. You know what? What we need to do, and sometimes around our own houses or whatever else, just take some anointing oil as a symbol and anoint around uh, you know, the whole properties and areas and uh, you know, just pray and rebuke every demonic thing that's ever been done there. Kind of ask the Lord to come in to cleanse the land, to kick out any demonic presence. And uh, sometimes uh, objects uh, that are demonized are buried in those ritual areas and territorial areas. One uh, individual that was demonized when they came, you know, came came to find some freedom in Christ, they uh, immediately wanted to take us to an area behind their house where it was a triangle shaped, in between a n- number of trees. They were creating an area uh, like a like a gateway for demonic presence to come in. And at the base of each one of those trees, there was a little blood ritual thing that was done, a vial of blood, and some other things that were buried. Uh, and uh, we would go through, and then, we, of course, we would take those things and pray over it and burn all that stuff. Um, so those, uh, that territory, we'd go, we'd go through to shut the doors uh, so that demonic uh, presence and power would not be operating. Uh, and again, Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample, trample, on snakes and scorpions, demonic presence and power, whether through rituals, symbols, sigils, oils, their prayers, their objects, infiltration, pronouncements, or in the territories. So it's very important that we um, understand this. And very important the church come to more and more of a deeper understanding of this. Uh, without that, there's going to be times, you know, well, let's go over some of the things. Occult practices, astral projection, is uh, yes? Can a human? Can a person? You know, project out of their body? Uh, ob- absolutely. When I was a Buddhist, we learned how to do this, and I did do that. I know exactly what it felt like, exactly what was occurring. Uh, I can remember it, though it was thirty some years ago. So occult practices of chanting and om and things like this and astro- it all involves demonic presence and empowerment and uh, ability. So that we find that these uh, demonic presence um, are associated with all these practices. You can go to occult book, bookstores and, and uh, shops and buy. And all, again, it all has to do with demonic um, doorways being opened. There is so much out there. I've got books and books and books on symbols and sigils and things, rituals. You can find so many things on the web. Prayerfully do some research. God, the Bible says about Daniel that God gave him all the learning and literature of the Babylonians. He really understood their their rituals, their satanic stuff, their 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 belief systems, and so forth. And yet he stayed pure and unaffected, and he stayed into his prayer a commitment three times a day. And he was used by God as the window in which God came through. God had a legal right through that believer. God had the his way of manifesting in and through uh, the life and prayers of Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego also. Well, let's ask three or four of these questions down here in the middle of the page. Um, let me just make some statements. We'll talk about them. Demons can and do come through occult doors, as mentioned above. I'm just going to tell you again, demons do uh, can be conjured. They come through. They come on. Uh, if the doors are 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 
open for them, they will come. If you go to the Satanic Bible and get the names of the demonic uh, presence, if you go to some of those uh, ancient uh, books that have the names of demons, and if you start crying out for them and calling out for them and calling out for them, let me tell you something, they're going to come. Even in the base ways, using a Ouija board, you, you you can open the door for demonic presence to come. All the way to high level, uh, high level blood sacrificial issues, where major, major things can be done. Uh, Father Malachi Martin talks about the great uh, satanic ritual that was done at Saint Paul's Chapel uh, in the Vatican, in correspondence in the exact same time with a ritual that was done here in the United States, uh, some kind of satanic inauguration of the Antichrist. Again. I believe the Vatican has an underground of the black satanic nobility that has been operating, is operating, will be involved in the black awakening and in the unleashing of the most uh, counterfeit uh, satanic uh, workings uh, the world has ever seen or known. Um, They've infiltrated and been there for some time. That's why you're seeing so many priests that are getting caught for satanic or, or for sexual abuse what they're not telling you is that most of those cases all involve satanic ritual abuse, as uh, William Kennedy has outlined in a great book uh, dealing with uh, uh, the Luciferian Lodge. And uh, you might want to read that concerning what's been occurring. So you might want to become a great prayer warrior and researcher. You might begin to pray for the Catholic churches around. You might be praying, saying, God, show me what churches are being infiltrated. You know, when I go to church on Sunday, I'm worshiping, man. I'm fellowshipping with believers. I'm listening to the Word of God. I'm looking to take uh, people there and bring people there to be built up. Uh, I'm there as an active uh, member, man. I'm there to do all that I can to make it the best service in the world. And uh, I'm just a, I'm standing among a thousand other people you know in that service and as i'm at that service i'm praying for the pastor and praying for the worship praying for the prayers to be unleashed but in all the joy and presence of god and everything else that's going on i'm also during there somewhere in every single service i'm saying lord is there anything is there any infiltration going is there any occult level warfare going on is there any satanic assignments lord jesus holy spirit show me right around here as i look around is there a person carrying demonic stuff in here is there anybody here for an assignment and i will look around and if i get a discern, if i get a discernment or if i get a sense or a check about something i'll i'll follow it and pray and and begin to go after it and begin to go after it <laughs> I remember a friend after if I did a conference in um, Massachusetts years ago, and a friend called after the three day conference and said, "Listen, Russ, I, I was in service last Sunday, and when we had an open time in our worship, I heard some man speaking in tongues, or you know, the gift of tongues. I thought it was tongues, but it was. I it, I just started hearing in my ears curses against God, curses against Jesus, curses against the church. So I told him, I said, "Well, listen, um, next week." You know, if that man is there, you and your wife go sit behind this person further back in the sanctuary and target him in prayer. Strategic targeting of that person. That's what you got to do in battling occult level warfare. Target it, use the authority of Christ and break it. If there's if you don't if you do nothing, if the body of Christ does again, if the snakes are thrown down like in the days of Moses, if Moses would have done nothing, if he would have just ran to the rocks and hid, those snakes would have just been operating as demonic uh, magic uh, and continue to deceive everybody around. 
if uh, Simon in, in the book of Acts chapter 8, you know, he was doing the stuff with the great power, amazing all the people with his demonic powers. If nobody ever entered that town, he would have continued to lead that town, aid and abet it straight to hell. But Philip entered that town, preached Christ, preaching for them to get saved, prayed for his people to be healed from sicknesses, and prayed against every demonic force. And the Bible says that demons came out screaming, and the power of God was demonstrated. The whole city uh, was like a, an awakening through one believer that went in and unleashed the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus, and his powers, and uh, countered the powers of darkness. And uh, he, he, you know, by the by the grace of God and the authority and, and working of the Lord Jesus, the demonic powers were were crushed. And so it is uh, in that church in in uh, Massachusetts. I was telling you about. Well, the same thing occurred up there. He went there and he began to pray. He heard that guy doing those false counterfeit tongues, cursing the ch- church, cursing Jesus. Um, as he and his wife targeted that man and began to pray directly against him and rebuke the demons on him and in him and come against what he was doing, the man quickly turned around and looked right at them. By his demonic presence and power in him, he knew somebody targeted him, somebody was hitting him, and he had to get out of there. And my friend told me he never came back. Now that's what I mean by being engaged, by being, uh, being, um, you know, willing, and uh, being somebody who's not unaware. So be uh, be aware, my my friend. Be aware that I don't care how good your church is. Uh, that uh, the matter of fact, the better it is, the more likely it'll be infiltrated. They don't want to mess with weak, anemic uh, churches that have already given up, you know, so much. They they don't really care about those. They grid map and mark uh, strong and powerful churches. And they want to bring them down and uh, sh- try to overcome them. That's their work. That's what they're doing. One or two, demonic, uh, can a demonic af- effect or have powers? Can they strike Christians? Yes, because doors were opened. Demonic uh, effect or powers can strike Christians because, listen, you may not open the door, but they did. You might say, "Why? Why do I feel such something coming against us? Why do I feel, you know, this coming against me? Why do I feel like just giving up church and not going? Why do I feel like, uh, you know, just uh, turning around? You know why? Uh, maybe it could be somebody who's sending things against you. You pray about it, and if you get a clear insight to that or a check, you pray against what you feel is being sent against you." Then you pray for the person that's doing the ritual. You pray for their salvation. You pray for God to visit them. You pray that God will stretch out His hand. In the Old Testament, many times God, in the pagan nations, the terror of the Lord would fall on those nations. They would, the Bible would say they would melt in fear. They would melt like wax in fear because the terror of the Lord would come against them. And so we can pray, I pray that many times, that the terror of the Lord would come, bring them down to their knees, that they might cry out, like Psalm 83, that they might cry out and be saved. Uh, I would pray that God would have mercy on them, but I would pr- I pray against the demonic presence and power. I come to ask God to destroy the satanic powers, bring them to their knees, and then have mercy on them that they might be saved. But either way, I want God to engage them and encounter them. And covens will know that people are praying back again. That's why they operate in secrecy. They don't want you to know. They don't want to be targeted. They don't want to be hit up. Well, let's also say this. Number three, satanic satanic powers seek to harm Christians. That's true, Ephesians 6, 10 on down. When Satanists obtain the powers, 
they will also use him in the same way. Why? Because the nature of a demon is to fight against the people of God anyway, to do harm. And if individuals are receiving demons in their lives, they're going to want to do harm. Point four, since they are ramping up their warfare against the body of Christ, and in our understanding of biblical prophecy, listen closely. There must be an immediate and full commitment to armoring up the body of Christ, unleashing authoritative, redemptive, aggressive spiritual warfare. I'm going to say this again. Since they are ramping up their warfare against the body of Christ, and in our understanding of biblical prophecy, there must be an immediate and full commitment to armoring up the body of Christ. Put on the armor of God. Get in, you know, learning everything we can um, in the area of prayer, spiritual warfare, the authority of Christ, unleashing prayers, um, the the work of God in sign and wonder, uh, to be able to discern and and then to spend the time in prayer while we're waiting on God. Simply saying, Lord, is there anything I need uh, to pray against demonically? Is there anybody demonically inspired coming to our church? Is there an infiltrator, a satanic chosen one? You know, look for the curses and spells. You know, pray, God, is there something? And then pray against it. Break those things in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't shrink back. Move forward. Be bold. Trample the demons of the demonic. Overcome all the power of the enemy. Jesus said nothing will harm you. If you run in fear, that's when they're going to harm you. That's when they're going to come and scare you even more. You've got to be bold in the Lord and be, you know, the righteous are as bold as the lion, the wicked flee. They should be fleeing from the onslaught of the of the of the of the of the forward moving body of Christ. I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, Jesus said. Be a part of that church. Believe God, obey God, do you know uh, all the things you know that scriptures teach you to do. Um now I want to focus on this phrase that I've been using right here. Unleashing redemptive, authoritative, and aggressive spiritual warfare. Unleashing redemptive, authoritative, and aggressive spiritual warfare. Let me say it again. I want to break it down because this is very important for us. It's what we've been called to, trained for, expected to do. Luke chapter 10. You know, we're called to prayer. We're called to warfare. We're called, you know, to be engaged. So that's why I've said in the beginning of this, don't be unaware and don't be unwilling. Be aware of the enemy's scheme. Be alert. Be, be a watchman. As we read about in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, that we're to be devoted to prayer, being watchful. The Greek word has um, a powerful meaning to that Greek word, uh, is that uh, we are um, becoming very alert and attentive to any dangerous threat. Any dangerous threat. And uh, so if you're going to be in prayer and be a prayer warrior, um, and you're going to learn to walk uh, not only in the Spirit's power and, and beauty, but also in the discernment that you need and awareness of satanic presence and workings. Uh, then you need to give God. Uh, you need to give God your your devotion in the area of prayer. Be at your post, but in the context of that prayer, uh, prayer time and worship time and so forth, you are also to be watchful, watching, sensing what is the enemy doing? What is he doing? Where is he at? Like Peter, when all of a sudden Satan himself tried to infiltrate the church through Ananias and Sapphira, the Spirit of God uh, obviously gave him either a word of knowledge or discernment. He knew that Satan had filled their hearts. He knew, and it, and they were stopped, and Satan was stopped at the door. 
And uh, we need that kind of spirit-filled, experienced, bold believer who's going to stand at the door uh, and not allow the demonic assignment, curse, spell, ritual, blood ritual, whatever it might be, infiltrator, unleashing things, enter in. Don't be caught unaware. Don't be outwitted. Be willing to be strong and bold in the Lord in all the areas. And uh, you'll be able to do that in the Lord. And uh, God will bless you if you, like David, will go down to the field and engage the Goliaths and uh, trust the presence and power of God and uh, have zeal for the household of God. Jesus did. And, And do the work that God wants you to do. Page 29 in your notes. And you notice again and again, I'm mentioning this phrase, unleashing redemptive, authoritative, and aggressive spiritual warfare. Daily, corporately, targeted, preemptively, in response. Let me just mention all this. In a daily way, as you're praying and so forth, you can also be praying you know, po- your prayers for the church, blessings and so forth. But in every time you meet the Lord in prayer, you need to be using uh, authoritative prayers, uh, spiritual warfare prayers against demonic stuff. Daily in your own life. Corporately, the body of Christ. This is what I would cry out to all pastors. I've been a pastor 30 years, and I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit teaches us in Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 down, that we are to engage and lead our people to major intercession during the worship service. Not two minutes of prayer. That's sickening. We need to allow the prayers to be unleashed in that church. We need to guide our people in prayer, have them pray out loud with us. Acts chapter 4 should be a model prayer. They raise their voices together to God in prayer. It's not about just making noise. It's about praying. Lead your people out in praying for spiritual awakening, for revival, for souls to be saved, for the church, for leaders, for the blessings, all the things you need to have prayed for. Then lead your church also uh, to pray northeast, south, and west for God to impact. But also lead your church in praying out loud against demonic presence, power, in the service, around the service, anybody in it, uh, around your, your, your city. Pray against the demonic presence. Be a bold, powerful Book of Acts type church. Chapter 4 in the Book of Acts. If your church is not like Acts chapter 4, then buddy, get down to it before it's too late. Daily, corporately, listen, targeted. Listen, we don't just pray, you know, there's general prayers. I pray against the enemy, you know, in, 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 in general senses. But as the Spirit of God uh, gives me a focus on who's doing what, then I, then I target covens, I target individuals, I target demonic assignments and functions, just like in uh, exorcism. When I know there's a demon there and call it up and command it and uh, know what its target is, know, I mean, know what its uh, focus is and know what its function is, I, that's who I pray against. I command it to be broken uh, of its uh, function and purpose over that person's life and command it by eventually out of that person's life and leading them in repentance and healing. Pray preemptively. Don't just wait till things occur. Don't just wait till you're completely surrounded. Pray now. Let it be a primitive. You know, if you go out prayer walking around your church building or in your neighborhood or whatever else, you know, use those prayers. Use those prayers, uh, you know, preemptively. You know, and you early in the morning rise and pour out your prayers. Late at night, pray preemptively. Pray before, you know, if you know something's uh, six miles away, you know, don't wait till it gets a mile away. Start praying now. Pray ahead of the game. If you see, uh, you know, satanic groups doing things and plotting things and planning things, pray ahead of time. Then also pray in response what is coming. 
If you have, if all of a sudden you do know something has occurred, somebody has put a symbol or sigil on your on your building, you know, really pray through it and ask the Spirit of God. Give time to it, to a cleanse and pray against and pray for those who did that and pray against the assignment and who's behind it all. Why? Pray for satanic priests and workers to be saved. Pray for victims of ritual abuse to be found and come in. Pray. Pray in response. That's unleashing redemptive for the sake of salvation and mercy and grace to fall. Authoritative to uh, go override the demons and the demonic assignments and demonic powers. And aggressive. Aggressive. Strong. Crying out to God. Pouring out bold, bold spiritual warfare prayers. So unleash the prayers, redemptive prayers, authoritative prayers, aggressive. I think the book of Acts chapter 4 again shows us it was aggressive prayers. I think when Peter was in prison and they thought they were going to kill Peter, that Rhoda and those people in the house were praying aggressive prayers. They were unleashing uh, redemptive, you know, to save him too. Uh, and obviously to pray against, uh, you know, when I see Satan operating in political powers, I'm praying against Satan and those political powers. I'm praying, God, bring that policy down. Bring that, you know, demonic thing down. I'm praying against the demonic and the policy. And I'm praying that God will speak to politicians and speak into their lives and, and uh, engage them and save them and deal with them. Let me say again, there must be an immediate and full commitment to armoring up, you know, just to completely, you know, putting on the armor and all the, you know, workings of what we need. Because so much more, it will not get better, it will get worse. More demonized people, more rituals, more covens, more demonic manifestations, more blood rituals. Um, that's what biblical prophecy tells us. That's what the contemporary uh, vein, uh, underground vein of satanic and luciferian uh, operations tell us. More is coming. So an immediate and full commitment to armoring up the body of Christ, unleashing authoritative, redemptive, and aggressive spiritual warfare. Well, Christian friend, it's needed. You know, you've been trained to much is given, much is required. We need that because it's the, the, the dark side is ramping up. Rituals are being done. Things are being done. We need great discernment, great insight. First John chapter four, uh, test the spirits to see whether they come from God. We need this Colossians chapter four verse two. It should be Colossians four verse two. Be devoted to prayer. Uh, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful. Well, my friend, there's a last page that I'll mention here, page thirty. And uh, that's for you to do a worksheet. Do you have any examples? You know, pray about it right now that you know of, of any occult-level warfare that's been coming to you, to your church, in your neighborhood, that you've heard of, whatever else. Que second question is, 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 is you just sit before the Lord and ask, Lord, what, you know, what ones do I already know about? And then how do you know? How did you come to know those things? It's very important that we realize, and I want to mention two things. A, discern it. B, trace it. C, unleash redemptive, authoritative, aggressive spiritual warfare. Discern the work of the enemy around you, your church, your neighborhood, your family, your, you know, your city. Track it and trace it as you're praying about it and so forth. Unleash redemptive prayers for victims, even for those practitioners that they would be saved and come out. Like Saul of Tarshish, he was heavy and hot against the church. Prayers were going up. He eventually, God encountered him in a powerful way. Let's pray that satanic priests, Luciferians, satanic workers, satanic chosen ones, 
that Jesus will meet them in such a way that he did Saul of Tarshish. That he will literally uh, meet them in a powerful way and bring them to their knees and turn them to Jesus Christ. Pray authoritatively against demons and powers. Use the authority of the Lord. We were giving, given the authority of Christ for a purpose. The purpose is to trample on snakes and scorpions, demonic powers, curses, and everything else involved in occultic level warfare. Well, my friend, that's uh, towards the end of session uh, nine. And uh, I want to encourage you that the next couple of sessions are going to be very good in the area of revival, the powers of God and the grace and so forth that God is operating in. And uh, But I want to encourage you right now today uh, to remember to be praying for other students as we pray for you. Uh, if you have received this CD, if it's been turned into a podcast and you've gotten a hold of it, and number one, you are a Luciferian and you're checking in just to see what we're learning and what we're teaching. I'm simply telling you that you may know the powers of darkness. I know the powers of God. I know that there's a Jesus that loves you. You know that in your system you're lied to, you're betrayed. You know how it works in your system. You are going to be like Judas in the end if you, do not, if you do not turn to the Savior who loved you and died. He welded and shed a blood more powerful than any ritual blood around. He gave his life for you. He sacrificed for you. Satan is always asking you to sacrifice people for him. Jesus Christ sacrificed for you. He, uh, he uh, overcame and triumphed over the powers, the principalities and powers, making a public spectacle of them. Listen, why don't you read the book of Revelation? Why don't you read the Gospel of John? Why don't you at least give the other side, you know, give God a, a, an opportunity to show? And, and, and so I would pray that even in you're getting this providentially, that supernaturally God will visit you, will visit visit you in such a powerful way that your eyes and heart would be opened and that mercy would fall, that he would forgive your sin, he would forgive your the horrid things that you've done, the evil that you've done, and that he would forgive that completely, and uh, he would forgive you and love you and give you the gift of eternal life, that you can know that, you can know that for sure, my friend. No matter who you are, Wiccan, Pagan, Druid, whatever, Luciferian, maybe somebody's gotten this and you're not sure where you stand. And I'm just simply telling you, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And uh, I'm sure there are students and there's others that will pray for you that are praying. I have prayed that you would providentially get a hold of this maybe and that God would come to you and and reach you and, and save you before it's too late. It's your soul. It's destiny that's involved here, my friend. You can go to the Shatter the Darkness website for more information, for more help, www.shatterthedarkness.net. You'll find contact information there if you need to contact me. If you've gotten saved, call me, uh, write me an email, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, you know respond to you and see what we can do to help you. If you're one of the students listening right now, I want to just simply pray for you, Father, that you'd bless them today, encourage them today, that you would cause them to be armored up, that you would, they would be just absolutely engaged and growing in the power of the Word of God in their prayers, that they would grow more and more powerful. Acts chapter 9, verse 22, they'd be clothed with the power of God, be a great witness for Jesus, a great worshiper of the Lord God Almighty, that they would be a great spiritual warfare servant of God, uh, that they would be praying and, and living against the work of satanic powers, and uh, that they would demonstrate the mercy of God for those who've been involved in such, and that we would be all great witnesses of Jesus leading many people to Christ. Listen, may God bless you, strengthen you, encourage you.
May God deliver you from every evil attack, every working of the enemy. Let me encourage you to read, study, and let God speak to you from Second Thessalonians, Second Corinthians, rather, Second Corinthians, chapter one. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, go from that point on. Look through all your own struggles. See how God will speak to you. Notice that God will deliver and that by your prayers and my prayers, we can help each other. May God bless you today. This is Russ Dizder from the organization Shatter the Darkness and also Preemption Broadcast. I know from my heart I love you. God loves you. And uh, Jesus Christ is the Lord of heaven and earth. Father, may Jesus Christ be glorified, glorified, and do His work through this broadcast, through this teaching, through this session 9. In Jesus' awesome name.